Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Come on, Freedom House, give Jesus one more shout of praise. Again, happy Wednesday. Come on, let him hear you tonight. Again, my name is Pastor Brian, your coach to Mesa Campus Pastor, and I'm accompanied by my wife tonight. Um, and we're excited to be with you guys. Uh, we can't wait to be able to continue uh, our study here on the book of Galatians. I don't know about you, but I've been blessed uh, through this series, uh, just hearing from, from our lead pastors, hearing from uh, our pastoral team, Pastor Tom and, and Jess, they killed it last week. Um, and, and we're just excited to be able to continue that here tonight. But before we do, we just want to give some honor where honors due. And of course, our lead pastors, we give them honor. We thank them, um, as always, for giving us the responsibility uh, to be able to, to teach tonight and to, to go through the scriptures with you guys, to encourage you guys. Um, and then we also want to give a shout out uh, to our kids who are at home. They always love getting shout outs. They're watching us on TV right now with their Nini and with Auntie Laney. So we thank you. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you guys uh, in a little bit. I, I say this, I feel like every time we do this, but yeah. I can't just say guys anymore because no, we have a daughter now. we got our daughter, Hope, who just turned one yeah. about a week ago. And so we love you kids. We will see you soon. Sure. <laughs> Mommy and daddy get to do some Jesus work as, right. as we call it. So, uh, but hey, before we jump into the scriptures, let's open up a prayer and we're going to get started tonight. Um, and continue our study here through the book of Galatians. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this midweek, God. I thank you for all those who are tuned in, Father. I pray that right now, God, you would bring a peace to their heart, a peace to their mind, God, as we go through the scriptures, Father, and we read your word, and we exhort your word, and we study it, Father. God, I pray that it would bring a peace. I pray that it would bring a strength. I pray that it would bring an equipping to all those who are tuned in right now, Lord God, who have been who have been going through it this week, God, that, that tonight, Father, there would be a freedom, there would be a love, um, and, and there, would, there would be a peace in each and every home and in each and every heart, God. Would you teach us tonight? Would yes. you equip us tonight? And would you anoint us tonight in Jesus' name? Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Well, hey, Freedom House, grab your Bibles, get something to take some notes with. We're going to do the same. We're going to take a seat. We're going to grab our Bibles, and we're going to jump right into the Scriptures here this evening. Come on, pray your week has been going well. I hope you've been exercising those relationship 2.0 points in your relationships. <laughs> Come on, this, our Sunday series has been uh, amazing. Just such a blessing. Yes, definitely amazing. Powerful. We've had, it's a good thing we got a chainsaw at home because I've been able to, you know, cut away up my wife's log a little oh, bit. I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, if you believe that, then, uh, you know, we're, we're, we got a fundraiser going on later. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, uh, but happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Hey, you <laughs> no, got to check yes, out. You got to check out Pastor Josiah's story. Check out his Facebook page. He gives the real meaning of St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever looked up like the reason behind St. Patrick's Day. Right? And Pastor just gives a you know a, a great understanding, or yeah. just tells you why St. Patrick's Saint Patrick, Day, who he was, started with revival. Okay, before there was revival in any of the downtowns, if you know what I'm talking about, you're following my drift. Before there was any revival out there, it started with revival through St. Patrick, who found Christ at one of yes. the lowest moments of his life, and God used him mightily. So yes, happy St. Yes. Patrick's Day. 
because it represents revival. And that's yes. 2021, rebuild, restore, and revive. revive. So uh, we're going to see some revival here tonight. Um, but we're going to jump in, jump in right now to Galatians chapter 3. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. I know we're kind of reading a couple of scriptures that Pastor Tom and Jess covered last week. But this entire chapter, and really the last kind of two chapters of Galatians, chapter 2 and chapter 3, um, it's important to understand, and again, I'm a Bible college teacher, so you know, for me, is I got to give the context, I got to give the teaching, <laughs> and if you're into that kind of stuff and you really want to study the Bible, shameless plug, but our Bible college administrator was like, when you go up there tonight, you better tell them that we got an open house <laughs> next Tuesday. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't say, maybe she did. But next Tuesday, March 23rd, we have our Bible College Open House Night. It's an opportunity for you just to kind of learn a little bit about our Freedom House Bible College, what it entails. Maybe you're, you're interested, but you're like, man, I haven't been in school in a while. What, what does it entail? What is, is there homework? What's the teaching like? Um, you know, I, I, if I was to go, I'd want to go on Zoom. Great. You come to Open House on Zoom. You come to Open House in person. However you are, we will take you. Um, and we'd love to just give you a night of the Freedom House Bible College experience. Uh, we believe that, that if you come to that, that open house night, you're going to be so fired up. You're going to want to register for our fall semester that night. So next Tuesday, you can find out more information on our social media and our website. Uh, but next Tuesday night, uh, we have our Freedom House Bible College open house. It'll be at 645. You'll be able to sit in both classes um, and get a, a, a real, fresh, full understanding of what our Bible College is. Uh, what our Freedom House Bible College is all, all about. about. Um, and so in Galatians chapter two, chapter three, we're talking a lot about the, the differences between religion and, and relationship. And Paul doesn't quite put it in those terms, but as we break it down and we get to the heart of what's being talked about, that, that, that's what we're, what we're going back and forth about, is you have uh, these these. Gentiles, you have this Galatian church, and for the most part, all of the religions up until that point, up until Jesus' coming, mm -hmm. had all been based off of do's and don'ts. So all of the religions was based off of, well, you got to do this or you don't do that. You got to do this and you don't do that. You got to do this and you don't do that. And so there was, there was a, a law or there was a set of standards for each different religion that was out there. For each different faith, there was a way that you were supposed to worship. There was a way that you were supposed to conduct yourselves, things that you were supposed to wear, things that you weren't supposed to wear, so on and so forth. And so Paul has to give the Galatian church a, a he, he almost has to reteach them what it is to have faith. Right. He has to reteach them what it is to have faith. He has to come against, come against this thinking of, of everything is tied to every action or, or, or is tied to every rule. And if I don't follow every rule, then I'm a failure and I'm a sinner and I'm going to hell. And so Paul has to, has to teach them, no, that, that's a religion type mindset. Jesus is more concerned with the relationship, meaning that even if you fall short, because we all fall short, as long as there's a relationship there, then he'll cover you. But the opposite is also true that even if you fulfill every law to your own understanding, but there's no relationship, then you're still walking in the wrong direction. And so Paul is trying to give a, a fresh and complete understanding to what it means to follow Jesus. And so in chapter three, verse 19, um, it says, why then the law? Okay, why then the law? Meaning that if, 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 salvation comes through faith and the promise comes through faith, then what is the purpose of the law? Of the law? He says, why then the law? He says, well, it was added because of transgressions. 
until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Verse 21, it says, Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Verse 23, now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no female and, or no male and female. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. I know that was a mouthful, but we're going to go. We're going to break it down uh, line by line, verse by verse, precept upon precept, um, and try to dissect, Paul, what are you talking about here with all of this fancy verbiage and all of these fancy examples? Because uh, I wasn't a, 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 a law major, you know? I, I wasn't, uh, what, what do they call it when you study law? I wasn't a criminal no justice, justice major, so all of these yeah. criminal justice terms are going right over my head. We're going to break it down for you uh, here tonight. So verse 19, it says, why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And so as Pastor Tom and Jess taught last week about Abraham, how God had made a promise, made it made a covenant with Abraham that his descendants would fill the earth and that the promise would come to them. Um, the, the, the question then becomes, so then why, why is the law? the law if the fulfillment was supposed to come through the promise? He says, well, the law comes because of our transgressions. And so because of our transgressions. And so God gives the law then through Moses in the book of Exodus um, to reveal to us, okay, as humans, to reveal to us as humans what the boundaries are of our relationship with God, okay? So what, what is the extent, how are we supposed to live for God? How are we supposed to honor God? Because up until that point, God had created man and woman in the garden, Adam and Eve. And when he created them, he said, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, he's saying, hey, go out and live life to the fullness extent of which I've created it. Now, when sin came in, it distorted that. Okay, sin came in now distorted the basic, distorted the basic concept of what life was meant to be. And so now in our humanity, okay, in our humanity without Christ, without the promise, our flesh, our body, our natural state is sinful. Our natural state um, as, the, as, the, as the word says in, as the Bible says in, in Psalms, is our heart is prone to wander, okay? Our heart is, is prone to go to the things that, that go against God. Our heart, our heart in itself, in its flesh, in its own desire, in its own will, is to, is to go and to crave sin, not crave God. And so the law then is given by Moses, okay, to the people so that they have an understanding, okay? It's to, to take away uh, all ignorance, so that they couldn't say, oh, well, God, I didn't know that that was sin. God says, no, I am making it clear for you what is yeah. acceptable 
and what is not acceptable, what is honoring and what is dishonoring, how you should conduct yourself and how you should not conduct yourself. But at the end of the day, it was a boundary that was given to us to bring a revelation to us so that we could no longer walk in ignorance saying, oh, well, I just didn't know that that was gonna lead me away from God. So God had to teach them, God had to teach us as humans um, what was sinful and what wasn't sinful. Um, and on top of that, okay, so when we have an understanding now of what is sinful, then we begin to see like, man, a lot of these thoughts up here, a lot of these words that are coming out, you know, a lot of these actions and a lot of these things that I'm doing, the way that I'm conducting myself, there's a whole lot of sin up in this place. <laughs> and, and if there's all of this sin, there's no possible, anybody ever thought that? Like, man, I, I don't know how I could break this. I don't know how I could break this addiction. I don't even know how I got here. So how am I supposed to undo it? Great, you're at the perfect spot because you can't undo it. You in your own power, in your own strength, in your own reasoning, in your own might, you cannot undo it. And that's what the law shows us. The law shows us that we can't do it by ourselves. We need a savior. So God was setting us up in Exodus. He was setting us up through Moses. Okay, he's like, Moses, I want you to give them this law. And yeah, they're going to feel overwhelmed. They're going to feel like, God, how are we supposed to add up? God, how are we supposed to fulfill all of these things? And God's like, ha ha, you're not. That's a part of the plan. Because a part of the plan is for you to understand and for you to have a revelation of, I can't fulfill this law in my own power and in my own reasoning. I need a savior. Right. And then Jesus comes who brings the promise. But the law, again, so why the law? Answering the question, why the law? Because it shows us the boundary and boundaries are important. Right. Yeah. And I love how scripture says that, you know, it, it serves as a, as a guardian. Yeah. It, it serves as a guidance through yeah. life. And I feel like most times that when you hear the law, yeah. it, it has a negative um, connotation yeah. to it. But it's actually something that's there to benefit you, yeah. to help you get through the life, to guide you through life. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the law isn't a bad thing. It, it's there and it's necessary. Yeah. It is necessary if you want to live out your God-purposed life. The law is necessary to set those healthy boundaries and those healthy um, guidelines to life. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I, you know, for me, like, I think about when I wasn't Christ, I was living a very careless, yeah. a very chaotic life. And I'm so thankful for the law because it sets structure yeah. in my life. Yeah. And, and, and that's, what, that's what it does give is like your time when we're talking about this you know, as we're preparing for tonight, is it gives structure, it gives, it gives lanes, it gives boundaries. It, it's, it's like the, the lanes and the markings on the road, okay? The lanes and the marking on the road, they really have no physical power over you or over your car. That's why some of you are trying to drink your coffee and you switch lanes by accident, okay? The, the, the markings on the road, they got no physical power over you or over your vehicle, but they give direction and they give structure and they give a boundary as to how you're supposed to conduct yourself yeah. on the road. The same way as a stoplight. A stoplight has no physical power over your life, has no physical power over your vehicle, a stop sign. Those things, they don't have any physical power. They don't have any power to put a stop or to put a halt to our cars. Right. Now, maybe if you drive a Tesla, then those things, they kind of stop <laughs> on their own from what I hear. But... But the light and the signs and the markings, none of those have physical power over your vehicle. However, it gives structure. 
it gives order. What the law does is the law gave structure. It gave order. It gave a conviction to the people that wasn't naturally in them yet. We now have natural conviction because we have the promise. We have Jesus. We have salvation. We have the Holy Spirit. But before the... In the Old Testament, when the law was given, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So their only form of conviction came from the law. Um, I have here written to it because in verse 20, he says, now he's comparing, because again, religious, religion versus relationship, um, the way it, w- it was backwards here in the scripture in, in the Old Testament, because the law was made the main thing. It was made, made the big thing. And so people, because they couldn't have, they had no knowledge of a relationship with God. The only interaction they had with God was the law. So what ends up happening is the law becomes God. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between religion and relationship is because in religion, the law and, and your actions and your ability to fulfill the law becomes more important than having a relationship with God. And, and so Paul says, look, he says that the law, um, it says in verse 20 here, it says now in intim, uh, or at the end of verse 19, sorry. It says that it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. It says now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. And so what Paul is saying is, look, how could this, this law, this, this covenant that was made between man and man be more powerful than the covenant and the promise that comes from God himself. Because when the law was given, it says now by intermediaries, by angels, it's, it's that Moses as the prophet was the one who was giving the law, who was, who, was, who was explaining it to the people, who was putting it in motion. But the promise is put in motion by God wrapped in the flesh and his name is Jesus. So what Jesus put in place as God is more important than what Moses as a man put in place between other, between other men. So he says, look, God himself gave us a promise. That promise is more important than the covenant and that the, the, the contract that came through the law. And so, um, and so that's where we have to understand, that's where we have to differentiate what are we becoming religious in mm-hmm. and we are overlooking the relationship side of things. Because the truth is, is, is even though this seems like, well, yeah, well, we know re- relationship with Jesus is better than the law. We can sometimes measure our relationship with Jesus based off of our actions right. and not based off of our heart. Mm-hmm. We, we, we base our relationship with Jesus off of, well, well, did I not cuss today? Well, did I not listen to this music today? Did I not have a drink today? And so we think that because, because we didn't do X, Y, and Z, that therefore we must be in right standing. When we, when we forget and we, and we misunderstand that the true evidence of relationship with God is our love, it is our trust, it is our peace. It's not what did you abstain from, it's what did you involve yourself in in personal relationship with Christ. Verse 21 says it this way, it says, is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not, okay, certainly not. Paul, Paul puts it clear, he says, look, 
The law is not contrary. Okay, the law is not contrary to the promises of God. It complements one another. Like Alyssa was saying, is, is the law gives us structure. The law gives us order. The law shows us direction. It, it, it teaches us how to properly love God. Not how to properly just resist the bad stuff, but how to properly love God. It says, for if the law had been given that could give life, then righteousness indeed would be by the law. And so he says, look, the law serves its purpose, but it cannot give us the fullness of life. Mm -hmm. So the law, the law can teach us right from wrong, but it can't teach us how to live with the fullness of life. And I wrote this down in my notes. The law shows us that without the promise, we'll always be tied to the law. So the law by itself, we are, we are sinners, okay? We, we have guilt, we have condemnation, we have to pay the price uh, and, the, and pay the full penalty for our sins. But the law with the promise tells us that we're justified by faith, meaning that the penalty, the guilt, the condemnation, the shame, all of the price that would have to be paid for our sins, those things are made clear. Yeah. They are removed. They, they no longer have, have any real estate space in your mind, no longer have any real estate space in your heart, no real estate space in your memory. Those things should be wiped away because in God's eyes, they no longer exist. But that only happens when you put the law together with the promise. Um, and I love how Paul says, if we were able to experience he says, if, if life was to, was to be able to be fulfilled through the law, then there would be no need for the promise. I wrote it down this way. If we were able to experience the fullness of life through the law, then there would be no purpose for the promise because the law would give us everything we need. But the truth is, is the law, it can't give us everything that we need because we'll never be able to fulfill the law in and of ourselves. We need the promise because the promise, the Holy Spirit, is what helps us fulfill the law. Jesus came. When Jesus comes, he is the fulfillment of the law. And even he himself says, I have not come to abolish it, but I have come to fulfill it. Meaning I have come to, 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 to pay the price. I have come to live in a way that does satisfy and does fulfill the law so that you can follow after me. And even if you, your life doesn't add up, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, I wrote it this way. The law intensifies our humanity. Okay. The law intensifies our humanity, meaning that it shows to, and it amplifies um, the extent of our sin, the extent of our sinful nature, that, that without a, a personal relationship with God, we are only left with the intense side of our humanity, which is a very sinful side. However, the promise amplifies our destiny. So the law intensifies our humanity. The promise amplifies our destiny, meaning that when we exercise relationship with Christ, when we put our faith in him, when we put our trust in him, our destiny outweighs the law. Okay. And as long as we continue to place our faith in Jesus, then he'll continue to, to, to wipe away and to pay the penalty of our sin, of our sin. The law was necessary, okay? The law was necessary for us to fully understand, okay? The law was necessary for us to fully understand our need 
for a savior, our need for a savior. And that's, you know, what, what you're referring to earlier when you're talking about how, how we, we lived these lives that, that were just chaotic. They, mm-hmm. they, they didn't have order because we, we were living in a way that, that was, was ignorant to, to any structure or ignorant to, to any direction. And so the law... Us, us becoming aware of God's word and God's, the way that God wants us to conduct ourselves was necessary because right. that is what ultimately led us to the point of saying, Jesus, I need you. Right. Jesus, I need you in my life. Yeah. And, and you know, I think you just over the time of us doing this Galatian Bible study, the biggest thing is, is that we keep on talking about is, is the relationship and the heart. Yeah. And the heart you know, is what's going to, when you think about a relationship, you know what I mean? Like in a marriage, like he has my heart. That means he has not, not just like the love side of it, but he has my best intentions in mind. He has, um, he wants to see me prosper in life. He wants to see me joyful. He wants to see all the positive and, and, and victories, and he wants to see me overcome certain trials, and that's what God wants us to do when we give him our heart and when we have that relationship with him and that firm understanding that he is on your side, not to be this judge that sets the laws of the do's and the don'ts, but he's there because he loves you, and he wants to see you uh, walk in the purpose and calling over your life. And when you don't have that structure... Um, or even an understanding of to who God has made you and called you to be, it yeah. will be very chaotic. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's like what we were talking about, you know, again, in preparing is, is the law is necessary. However, the promise is what gives us the fullness of life. It's what gives us mm-hmm. the, the fullness of pur- purpose and destiny. And, and we were talking about just in terms of, of marriage and, and Jesus, you know, uses marriage and the Bible uses marriage a lot. And the reason why marriage is so important is because it really does kind of show us the type of relationship that we're supposed to have with Jesus. We're supposed to be married mm-hmm. to Jesus. Um, and, and it would be like us having a marriage based solely off of a certificate. Mm. Like we have a marriage that's based off of a marriage certificate. I'm like, well, well, I'm here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm fulfilling the marriage certificate. I live in the same house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I sleep in the same bed. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm here. But yet, I wasn't giving you any affection. I wasn't giving you any attention. There was no, there was no relationship building there. Then it and would that, be like, well, well, we're married based off of a certificate. Yeah. And a lot of times, that's what happens in, in people's relationship with Christ. It's like, well, well I come to church. I'm, I'm here. here. <laughs> I showed up. You know what I mean? I, I, I may kind of half be listening, but I'm here. And, and that, that, that shows us really where... where where the fracture in our relationship with Christ stems from. And, and it comes in, and you'll see that oftentimes, oftentimes if there's a fracture in your relationship with Christ, you'll see the same fracture in other areas. It just manifests itself differently. So you'll see the fracture in your marriage. You'll see the fracture in your relationships. You'll see the fracture in how you manage your money. You'll see the fracture in your relationship with your children because there's a fracture first with your heavenly father and so because there's not a proper understanding of what that relationship looks like, all the other relationships in your life will be self-serving or there'll be some other type of fracture in them where you don't receive yeah. and you don't live out the full and, purpose of those and maybe relationships. maybe like on the flip side of things, like if you came to know Christ later on in life, yeah. but all you've seen is, is disorder 
in the yeah. house or you've seen, um, like you said, fractures in relationships, you've seen letdowns, you've seen um, dishonesty, you've seen hurt, you've seen dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. And so your perspective of a, of a relationship with an all-consuming loving God is fractured yeah. because all you know is dysfunction. But God's not dysfunctional. Yeah. He loves you and, and he's true to who he is. So your relationship, unfortunately, from what the world has shown you, is not the true um, relationship that God has. Yeah. It, it, and, and wants to have with you. And it gives us, it's, it's, it's again, getting back to where you're basing your, your marriage off of a marriage certificate. Um, you're, you're basing your relationship with your children based off of a birth certificate or you're basing your relationship with your parents off of a birth certificate. That is not how God intended for those relationships to be nurtured. That is not how, how God intended for those relationships to honor one another. No, God wants a personal investment. And when we treat God as a law, when we treat God as a list of do's and don'ts, when we treat God as, as, as a contract then what we'll do is we'll go through the motions and do the right things. But like we talked about a, a few no weeks ago, is yeah. there's no heart behind it. There's no personal investment in the relationship. And mm -hmm. the only way this marriage here is going gonna, is gonna to stay healthy is if there's personal investment from both sides. The only, reason, the only way your relationship with Jesus will stay healthy is if there's a personal investment, meaning that your heart is in it. Your effort is in it. Now, your effort is not for salvation. I'm not saying that, okay? Your, your, your salvation is by faith through grace, okay? But to then build that relationship, it takes effort. And effort is more than just showing up, mm -hmm. okay? Effort is more than just signing up for the growth track class. Effort is more than just showing up to the connect group. Effort is giving, okay? Effort is giving a... a, a a full attempt, okay? Mm -hmm. It is giving a vigorous attempt. It's saying, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to devote myself to this attempt. I'm not just gonna just, you know, show up to the connect group, not talk to nobody, just sit there um, and, you know, maybe I'll smile at somebody. No, no, no. A, a, a vigorous attempt, a disciplined attempt is saying, you know what? I'm gonna go and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to introduce myself to somebody. I'm going to share, you know, where I came from. I'm going to share, you know, what my background is. I'm going to share what I do in, in life. I'm going I'm to open up about, about some of these areas in my life that I'm having trouble with. That is now giving a vigorous attempt. That is now, now giving a full attempt. You know, it, it's showing up to church and it's saying, you know what? I, I am going to sing the words to this song. Even though I've never really done this before, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lift my hands because I'm going to give a full attempt. I'm going to give effort towards this relationship. I'm not just gonna expect God to do all of the effort for me. God's already done that. He's already paid my, the price for my salvation. That comes free. That comes free of effort. That comes free of charge. Yeah. But now I'm gonna put some effort towards building this relationship up so I can know God better. And to be honest with you, God's already there full, like 100%. Yeah. He just needs you to take that first step and you don't gotta do much because he's already there. Yeah, so... That's an easy relationship. Easy relationship building right there. Investment, yeah. your relationships, okay? Your relationship with God starts with your relationship with God, but your relationship, all of your other relationships, your marriage relationships, your parenting relationships, your work relationships, your friendships, all of those areas will get better when there's a personal investment. 
Okay, you will not be able to build healthy relationships without <laughs> a personal investment. Uh, verse number 22, it says, but the scripture imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And so essentially what, what Paul is saying is, look, the, the scriptures, they, they kind of, they, they, they kept you, they kept you as, as a guardian, the scripture will go on to say, it was a guardian that protected you. It gave you this, this superficial conviction, Okay. And you're like, why is it a superficial conviction? Because true conviction comes from the Holy Spirit convicting our heart. A superficial conviction is a conviction that, that is like, well, I'm kind of scared of what might happen if I do this, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do it. That's what the law does. The law gives us that list of don't do's. And so we say, well, the law tells us not to do this, so we're going to do it simply because it's written on a piece of paper rather than I'm not going to do it because I want to live my life in a way that fully honors and is fully devoted to God. So the law gave us this superficial conviction so that when Jesus did come, we would now be in a, in a position to receive him by faith. Does that make sense? Verse 23, it says, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. Verse 24, it says, so then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come. We are no longer under a guardian for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, let me just explain this a little bit, Kate. We're, we're, we're not, we're not, Paul is not saying that, that your gender doesn't matter. Okay? That, that's not what he's saying. What he is saying is the, the priority or the superiority based upon your, your religious background, uh, based upon your ethnicity, based upon your heritage, based upon your gender. He says it doesn't matter. Jesus came and leveled the playing field so that all have access to him. All have access to him, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile, whether you're a slave man or you're a free man. You, we all now, all of humanity has free access to Jesus by faith. Okay? Free access to Jesus by faith. We no longer have to rely on our actions. Okay? Our actions do not vindicate us. Our, action, our actions is not what sets us free. Our actions is not what makes us better than anybody else. Okay? Our, 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 our identity is no longer tied to our heritage, to our ethnicity, to our culture, to our gender. We are now our identity and the fullness of our identity and the fullness of our self-worth comes simply from our faith in Christ. Because when we put our faith in Christ, the scripture says that we are all children of God, that we are all children of God. And that is what gives us our worth. That is what gives us our purpose. That is what gives us our value. All of those things, all of those things is what, is what, what vindicates us. Okay. It's what sets us free. It's what gives us purpose. It's what sets our destiny in motion. It's not because of how we acted. It's not because of how good we were. It's not because we did less bad things than, than somebody else. It's simply because we are all now children of God and that is where our value comes from. Now, as we close it out here in verse 29, it says, and if you are Christ, okay? If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. 
So if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and you are heirs according to the promise. You are heirs according to the promise, meaning that you get to receive the inheritance of the promise if you put your faith in Jesus. Okay, if you put your faith in Jesus, you become heirs. You receive the inheritance of heaven. What's the inheritance of heaven? It doesn't come from any earthly, physical possessions, mm -hmm. but rather it comes from heaven itself. What are the things that we inherit? What are some of the things that we inherit? We inherit authority. Uh, we value, self, uh, value and self-worth, destiny, purpose, boldness, self-significance, uh, um, home to return to, grace, love, just to name a few. But the biggest thing, though, too, is when you're a part of the, the royal family, yeah. the kingdom family, yeah. you can never go too far. It's good. You will never go too far from, from God, even when you... You're a part of the family, then you try running away from the family. God will send those to, yeah. to, to bring you back home, yeah. to, to remind you of the purpose over your life. And it could be something as simple as like God used a burning, a burning bush. Yeah, for Moses. For Moses. And, you know, and you don't have to be perfect no. to be a part of this family. No. God doesn't want you to be perfect to be a part of this family. He just wants you to want to, uh, to, to, he just wants you to want him to come into your heart. Yeah. And, and that's all you got to do to be a part of the family, the yeah. first step. And, and that's, that, that's what, again, as we get back to what we were talking about earlier, is a lot of times it's hard for us to comprehend, like, why would God want me a part of his family? Um, because we grew up, we've grown up in families where, where maybe we've disassociated ourselves from our family. Or, or maybe our, our, our family has, has cut us out of their life. Maybe that's the place that you find yourself in tonight where you feel like, man, everybody's just kind of disassociated themselves from yeah. me. You know, I've been blacklisted from all my family members um, because, you know, maybe it's because you, you made some mistakes in life. Maybe it's because they made some mistakes. But so what happens is because we have these experiences in right. life where, where, where things become fractured, where, where, where things become fragmented, where they're broken, they're not, they're not in the fullness of how God intended it to be. We can never envision ourselves having that type of relationship or being in that type of family with God. But the truth is, is when you put your faith in Jesus, you no longer just have the DNA of your earthly parents. You now have the DNA of heaven. Yes. You now have the DNA of heaven. There's you know, for, for, for us as, as, as humans, okay, we, we cannot, we, no matter what type of physical or personal relationship we have, we cannot disassociate ourselves. Our, our DNA can never, can never be disattached from our earthly parents, okay? So for me, I, I, I can never be anything but the product of Hector Flores and Jennifer LaFontis. That, that I, can never, I can never be a product of anything else but them because those are my earthly parents, okay? Now, when we put our faith in Jesus, the same is true. We now have the DNA of heaven inside of us, okay? And when we put our faith in Jesus and we become a part of the, the, the heavenly family, of, of our heavenly father's kingdom of his family, when we become sons and daughters, he doesn't revoke that from us. He doesn't say, oh, you messed up, so let me take away that yeah. sonship. Let me take away that daughtership. 
Let me take away your your ability to, to have the DNA of heaven inside of you. He doesn't do that. He gives us room for growth. He gives us room for growth. He gives us room to to learn how to love him. And that's where the law and and, and the relationship come into play together. Aside from from one another, the the fullness of life would never be possible. But, But when you put the promise and the law together, now you get the fullness of relationship with Jesus. Okay, but and, and when you put those two things together, then you receive the inheritance. You receive the authority of heaven here on earth. Okay, you, you, that no longer will you, are you cast down by, by guilt. No longer do you have to live in shame. No longer do you have to live in condemnation. No longer do you need to live in comparison. You don't need to compare yourself to what you see on social media. You don't need to compare your family to what some other family is doing or to, to some status that somebody else has in their life that you think your life is not as worthy as theirs or is not as valuable as theirs because you're not at that place in your life. That is not where your, your value comes from. That is not where your, where, where your self-worth comes from. It only comes from your heavenly inheritance that as a son and daughter of God, that is the greatest gift. It is the greatest uh, relationship. It is, it is the greatest status. It is the greatest title you could possibly have. It's what gives you purpose. It's what gives you significance. It what, it's what gives you a true, full love. It's what pours grace over your life. And like my wife said, it's what reminds us that after we, after we, After we leave this earth, after we depart from this earth, we have a home to return to. We know where our our real home is at. Our real home is not not in in any earthly territory. It's it's, it's not in the United States of America, okay? It's not on any other continent. Our home that we are all destined to return to when we put our faith in Jesus is heaven, is heaven. And heaven only comes by promise. It doesn't come by, 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 by fulfilling your checklist of to-dos. It doesn't, it doesn't come from, re, from refraining from the, the things not to do. Heaven only comes by the promise that was freely given to us through Jesus when he died on that cross, when he was buried, and when he rose again. That is the promise. That is what Paul is talking about. That is the relationship that God wants us to be invested in. He doesn't want us to be invested in, 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 in how we add up according to the law. He wants us to be invested in having a personal, invested relationship with him. Let's stand to our feet, wherever you're at tonight. You know, I just, I, I feel that right now is that, that it, it's starting to make sense for you. You're, you're tuning in online and for the longest time you've compared a healthy relationship. You've compared yourself and you've held yourself to the status of a healthy relationship with God is, is how many things I don't do. That's not it. I've come to tell you, you've missed the mark again and it's okay. I've been there. I, I grew up with that mindset of, of, well, as long as I don't do this, this, or this, then I'm in right standing with God. And God's like, no, the only thing that brings you into right standing with me is your faith. It is you saying, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior, and I am going to follow you all the days of my life. That is what brings us into right standing with God. 
That is what clears the penalty of sin. That is what gives us a fresh start. That's what removes the condemnation. That's what removes the guilt. You're online right now and, and, and you're feeling it. Okay, you're feeling it right now. It is not, you don't have to wait until you fix it all to start this relationship with Jesus tonight. You do not need to wait for you to get that situation figured out. You don't got to wait for you to get your finances figured out. You don't got to wait for, for, for that relationship to have a closure to it. Right now, God is tugging on your heart. Right now, God is speaking to your heart. He's beginning to stir up faith inside of you. You're beginning to believe that, man, is it this easy? Yes, it is this easy. It is this easy. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9, that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you shall be saved. He didn't say that if you fulfill commandments 1 through 10 or if you fulfill commandments 2, 4, 6, and 8. He simply said that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he rose again, that his Holy Spirit gives us the ability to overcome the sin in our life. That if you believe those things, that you will be saved. Your identity, your worth, it'll no longer be rooted and grounded in your ethnicity, in your gender, in your job description, in your title, in how much money you have in your bank account, and how many earthly possessions you have. It'll be in Christ Jesus. And when it's in, when it's in Christ Jesus, you'll see the fullness of life begin to come out of you. So right now, wherever you're at, I know it's a little bit out of order. We're going to go into worship still. But if you're there and you're saying, you know what? I want Jesus tonight. I want to put my faith in Jesus. I just want to say a prayer with you. For those of you, those of you are online, type in the comment section, I want Jesus. We want to be able to come into agreement with you and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. Tonight, God, it's clicking for me. I understand that I can't do this by myself. I can't do this out of my own will. I can't do this out of my own power. I can't do this out of my own reasoning, but I could only do it by putting my faith in you. So Lord Jesus, would you hear my heart tonight? Would you hear my prayer tonight, God? I believe that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you were buried and I believe that you rose again and live forevermore. And tonight, I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Come on. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's sing this out tonight. Let's worship Jesus tonight. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show us your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.